Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is October 3rd. This is episode 109. Oh, and what a Monday we have to talk about today. Um, as always, we'll be starting out looking at our macro timeframes, taking a bit of a deep dive into what's starting to occur here. If you guys caught the live session on YouTube today, I went into it a bit about the midterm tides continuing to shift in this zone, how the Dixie and the tenure are continuing to agree with our ideas at these levels, and much more to come. So yeah, let's dive into it. Taking a look over here on ETH and Bitcoin on our weekly timeframes, we can see that we have opened at a point of which that is a higher low again. Um, very good signs for things to come. We can see that the money flow is the only thing really that's still not agreeing. Essentially, we have market liberator starting to pinch off. We have Wolfpack turning itself back towards the upside position. And we're potentially looking at a potato signal on as early as this week's close. So continued signs of, of turning around in this region. Obviously, we have a lot of things to do before we get full-on confirmation, reconfirmation, triple confirmation to the upside, and yada, yada, yada. When we dive a little bit deeper in towards our three-day, we see again with Bitcoin at least, very similar thing going on here, where we have a green dot, Wolfpack pointing to the upside, divergences out the yin-yang, and money flow agreeing with us. So the four-day Bitcoin chart looks pretty phenomenal in this region. Again, it has to confirm in order to get anything more than just a midterm short bounce rejection somewhere between 20 and 23. Again, that would be worst case scenario for us here. But again, it's like the entirety of the markets are all shifting in the right directions that we would want to see, meaning that the US tenure has continued to reject since we hit 4%. The Dixie rejecting since we hit the 114. The S&P having a bit of recovery today. Obviously, not really a lot of reaction to us taking another step down between those other two charts, the Dixie and the tenure, you know, and it always seems to be a day or two behind. So obviously we had some really nice recovery today. We did go all the way from, I believe the open was around 36.50 towards, you know, we've almost touched 37 and have closed at 36.78. So we did make gains in the market today. We can see that our midterms have turned back up. There's divergence. Everything except market structure on most of these midterm timeframes is bullish. So breaking market structure means we're back closing above 3730, 3700, right in that $30 ish range. That's going to be the turning point. Again, we have made a new lower low, and that's what everyone focused on on Friday. Well, it's a new lower low. Everything's going to shit. But us real boys, we know that when you make new lower lows, if you have divergence, especially across multiple time frames and across different indicators, 90% of the time that new low is bullshit. Absolute fake out, you know, to hit those orders that are set, stop losses below the previous low and or uh, limit orders set to buy in that region. It's almost always a bigger support right below the previous low than anywhere else in that region. So, you know, we were, everything was looking terrible. 
Everyone was freaking out. There's no way it turns around on Monday. We talked about it on Friday, definitely being that Monday was the day we were going to start to see it turn around. And uh, we've done so. So good news on the front there. News coming into the UK. You know, the, on Friday, again, they were at the precipice point, as well as the US, you know, both economies essentially were at the point of if they had broken from that level to the downside, major, major downside would have come. Just just unprecedented amounts of percents. They probably would have, you know, we would have been towards that 7% uh, decline where they stopped the markets. Things could have gotten very, very, very bad. but. You know, for now, they've uh, they've stopped it completely. The UK banks have started printing money again, as we just read today. Uh, there's a bunch of posts coming out from today's meeting of the U.S. Department of the Treasury, saying essentially that they are going to be continuing to print money as well. So, again, as far as we go for trading, good news all around that the economies at this moment aren't going into the into the shitter. That doesn't mean that in the future they will not you know, do so, because it's still very likely and still very possible that unless, you know, I don't know, I don't want to get into it really, like everything has to essentially die before they can rebuild a new system on top of the financial system that we have. But, you know, it feels like that is their plan, obviously. Yes, coming into our shorter time frames here, obviously, we've had quite a bit of a good day. We can see that our four hour did triple confirm on the last candle close. So we do have a confirmed four-hour confirmation here. The market structure was already bullish, being about starting at 19,000. And as far as ETH goes, ETH seems to be lagging a bit behind uh, in those midterm macros and things as such. Obviously still in a ranging market structure between uh, 1370 and 1270. We are triple confirmed as of two candles ago. And money flows on both assets are turning up. So because we have daily bullish divergences, because we're continuing to turn up on the daily, it's not for sure TC'd. Um, as we've been speaking about 19 being a good starting entry area, upwards of 2% entries might be, you know, definitely they're on the table to be assessed by you and to make that decision. Obviously, we're still in a macro downtrend. And as far as the midterm macro goes, we're still in a downtrend as well because the daily and the three-day are still both triple confirmed down, but starting to show those signs of potentially turning around here. ETH, if it does end up bouncing from this zone, will be a direct bounce right off the zero line. Um, and as we know, it's a very strong indicator as well as a converging wave for our previous bullish divergence. So the big level to get above here in the midterm macro is pretty much through $1,750, $1,800 on ETH. On Bitcoin, it's going to be right around that 25k level. We obviously have to deal with 20,000 first. If we can get to 20, we're probably headed back towards 22, 23. And if we can get to through 23, we're heading to 25. Uh, from 25, I would expect some sort of backtest, retest of somewhere between 20 and 22 one more time for a confirmed higher low, converging wave on the daily or upwards of daily. And from there, you know, we'll have to go about it by ear, but again, we're still targeting into the high 20s uh, into 30. 28 to 30 is the first legit midterm macro target. Um, that could take two weeks. It could take all month, unfortunately for us. Um, obviously, right now, you know, people are hesitant about buying or 
taking longs or anything of the sort. And it shows, you know, so they're definitely going to put the sell pressure on the entirety of the time that we go up. As long as we continue to see the U.S. 10-year and the Dixie reversing from here, and we see the S&P continuing to slowly build itself up from this level, the 200 moving average, 200 uh, weekly moving average, that's, that's right at our feet right now, could hold, and we could just continue springboarding from this level. The biggest thing that I want to see on the U.S. 10-year is breaking below 3.5%, hopefully coming back to 35 to retest, just as we need a converging wave to the upside with Bitcoin, I would like to see a converging wave lower high to the downside with the 10-year yield and hopefully with the Dixie, but the Dixie looks more like a different type of pattern that essentially is going to potentially retest into 108, uh, the 110 area, maybe come back up from there. It, well, I guess it is essentially the same thing. We are looking for some sort of retest or push back down towards hopefully 102. That would be ideal for us here if we can come to 102, come back up towards 108 and reject it again. Um, we're probably more than likely going to break back into the falling wedge that we have on our macros. If we fall back below 102, the only thing holding it up from there is around 95. And if 95 doesn't hold, there's a large, there's a huge gap in between here, essentially all the way back to 70 points, potentially 69, depending on when we hit it in time. That would be kind of the target. Potentially it gets halfway there, finds a higher low overall. Because as we can see, every macro move that we've come back down, we've made lower lows on every occasion. In this case, we may be seeing the first historical higher low in the macro, just because of the amount of macro divergences stacked up here. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just continues the trend that it's been in for 50 years. That's very possible too, that you know, this is the first time ever that we've broken through this resistance for sure. I guess, sorry, not the first time ever. We popped above it back in 85 once we tickled above it in 2000 to 2002 and now we're above it again like i said i just don't know if this is the move most people think it is so that's best case scenario going forward with stocks and stuff that we, as long as we continue to see this stuff turning around coming down starting to work towards triple confirmation in our higher macro time frames because as of right now, the best thing we have going for us is going to be potentially a daily in a day or two. Um, and I think the highest confirmation we have is upwards of a 16 hour. So almost a daily, like I said, probably a day or two away. But, you know, this is the best time frame we have of a triple confirmation back to the downside here. And not a lot of clear bearish divergence. But if we're looking at the 10 year yield, we do clearly have a large rising wedge. The minimum, you know, would be towards 3%, just coming back to test the support of that rising wedge. And if it breaks to the downside, which is about an 80-20% chance of coming back below 3%, retesting, coming back down, the capitulation zone's right around one5 to 1.78%. So almost a 50% correction in the Dixie from where we are right now potentially to come if we continue turning and shifting this pivotal trend around. So I would love to see that. <laughs> I think all the traders here would love to see that. And, you know, from there, we'd have to reevaluate again to see if we would not be pivoting back towards the upside in that sense of the economy. 
uh, meaning we'd be shifting back to the downside in the Bitcoin macro chart, as well as the cryptocurrencies, which, again, is the most likely option, in my opinion. I don't know if we're going to get a new all-time high. It's possible. It's possible that this is the complete turnaround zone, but it makes way more sense to head in towards 30 or 40 or whatever in between and then come back to 20 one more time, retest the previous all-time high again before taking off or getting as close to it as possible. Oh, yes. Pio, my good friend, do you have anything that you wanted to add about your, uh, your post from today? Or anything else that you know of what's going on with the UK right now? Yeah, bro. I think my uh, new favorite conspiracy theory is that it's all going to be all right in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is when you look at the charts and then you look at the political um, scenarios that can play out. They they very much offer a lot of confluence. You know, Um, right now the Fed has been driving as hard as possible, and the Dixie is showing that. Um, that's causing a lot of problems, you know. And um, never mind, say the kind of yeah, the stronger the dollar, the weaker the euro, the pound. Um, the fact that they trade with U.S. companies not necessarily a great thing for the U.S. So, um, you know, I've seen the Fed today have a big meeting, say, look, we need to do something because the dollar is wrecking everything. And then a spokesperson comes out and says, yeah, strong dollar is a bad thing for other currencies, and that's not necessarily a good thing for us. Um, I think that kind of confluence with where the charts are at added to, which has been a massive catalyst um, for the last three months, that bear market rally that we had was because CPI came in, reported in July for June, was a month to month, no growth. And we had that, you know, pretty good bear market rally, more profound inequities, you know, it's a 26% S&P move. You know, mm-hmm. from that though, um, before this leg then was, you know, you could see it has been catalyzed by the July CPI, which was reported in uh, August CPI, which is reported in September, which came in showing an increase again. So it looked like a level that the market was like, oh, inflation's topped out. Pump. They did. You know, then it came out and said, oh, hold your horses, boys. Inflation's on the way up again. You know, things went down. Um, right. This CPI for, for August, it's either going to show up in the report this month or next month because you're looking at macro energy charts, you're looking at macro supply chain charts. And I say that, you know, main shipping indices, fucking indices, stuff has really um, been the strongest weighted factors behind out of inflation. Um, yeah, when are they going to show up? And if they show up this month, at the same time as the Fed's like, mm, might have to lay off the gas there and interest rate rises because the dollar is going to wreck our friends. Then the char- And the charts are bottomed out, RSIs are oversold. You're kind of taking all the boxes that up is a good, you know, a confluent direction right now for the meantime. Right, exactly, for the meantime. And I think that's a key point to make there. You know, we don't know how long that the relief rally if that's all it's going to be will last right and it doesn't you know that isn't going to change the overall perspective of things people are still very very fearful of what's to come and they have you know at least they have good reasoning behind why they're so fearful i just i just don't believe that because everyone's looking 
in the right direction of the overall that they would just continue pushing it into that direction. You know, as you said, we've had like a 30 plus percent overall correction on the S&P so far in this last six to eight months. Bitcoin over 60, it was about 70 percent from the top to now. You know, we're right in that region of where we've seen markets bottom in the past. Exactly. Um, I think you, I don't know if you intentionally uh, understated uh, the word earlier on. It's a good time for traders. I think it is a good time for traders. Don't think it's a good time for investors right now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Exactly. Because we just, we don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, the whole thing could unravel tomorrow. It could unravel in 10 years. It could unravel in 200 years. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. Like, we don't know when they're going to drop this bombshell of, okay, well, (laughs) these banks are going under. We're not going to buy, you know, we're not going to bail them out. This, this, and the other thing all happening at the same time. Like, there's just no way anyone can predict because it's been perpetuated for so long already, you know? We probably should have had our 2017 crash that was like the precipice crash of the entirety of the S&P. And we just didn't see that. Or sorry, not 2017, but 2019 going into 2020 when everything went to shit. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. It's a range of years. Like the memories were hazy, but you know, it wasn't wasn't one of those two years. And completely agree. And I think, you know, I think we'll see the true lows when there's been proper forced selling. Like, let's be honest, like aside from crypto, which is a high beta of a high beta, you know, the NASDAQ, you know, you're looking at the NASDAQ, aside from Apple, which is only down 16% from the highs, what a beast. Everything else is pretty wrecked from Google and Amazon down. It's down 60, 70% broadly in line with crypto. And Sorry, I just want to pop in a thesis quick before I I lose the thought. But if you're looking at this entire thing, you know, as you said, we haven't had a true like capitulation dump, but the same goes for the upside. We really haven't seen a true topping signal in the market. Even when we were back at 68K, there was no real true, true topping, like complete explosion of price. Maybe we're still in a bull cycle, technically, starting back from those lows of the previous, uh, you know, the corona crash, and we just haven't actually topped out yet. Like, that's a very real possibility, right? Because, like, you look at the, the logarithmic growth curve, we came nowhere near where we've seen every other single top in history of the price of Bitcoin. Right. Some food for thought, right? Because like this wasn't. Does it? Did it feel like a true top? To me, it it sure didn't. We didn't have like when we ran to twenty k in twenty seventeen. It was like day after day, ten, twenty, thirty percent. You know, massive run over a long period of time, and even in the in the last stages of it, were just crazy volatile, crazy amounts of money coming in. And we, we just, yeah, we haven't, we didn't see that the cycle. We saw a very, very relaxed run to 58 the first time we came back. You know, we retested into 40. We went, we did it again. We ran up new highs. We did form a weekly divergence. But as far as divergences and, and how they're usually stretched out, you know, 
I even said it when we were there. I'm like, this doesn't feel like the end all divergence. It's not big enough. You know, it's, it, it just doesn't have that much power behind it. Now, it obviously did. It had power behind it. We still fell 70% from the high, but compared to previous bear cycles, you know, they were closer to 80, 85%, which, I mean, you don't think that that's a huge difference, but that puts us into the 9 to 10K region if we'd done the same percentage as the last two cycles. So I don't know, man. I got a thesis. Yeah, please, trend, go ahead. I think um, just like you have logarithmic growth, uh, and the more money that comes into the space, the the more that the the more that comes in, the more difficult it'll be to push the price ever higher, right? I mean, that just makes sense. It's easier to go from two hundred to three hundred than it is to go from sixty nine thousand to seventy thousand. Yeah, yeah. And so, similarly, I think it's the other way around too. You need a mass exodus of participants in order for the price to really go down. And I mean, certainly we've had a remarkable amount, but I think similarly to twenty eighteen. It exists, the possibility, this idea that if the top was muted, you know, it didn't, it did never reach that kind of euphoric thing that, that, you know, I think you, you would see this kind of a blow off top to me that would have looked like previous ones, right, would be 85,000, 100,000, you know, where like day after day, you're seeing 5,000, you know, it go up by five grand each day. And then it, you know, then all of a sudden one day it dumps twelve thousand, but then the next day it goes back up five six. You know, it's just in insane volatility and this total mania for two to three weeks. I mean, that's what I remember in two thousand seventeen, and that's what I think. That's kind of what I was expecting at some point in this last cycle, and we ended up not getting it. So if we then look at that to your point and see that as muted, perhaps the downside would also be muted, and so instead of seeing an eighty five percent dump. Maybe it'll be 80 or maybe the, the bottom's in. I mean, that would be a, a, a really ridiculous thing, wouldn't it? If 17.6 was the bottom. I mean, that would, that, I think that would throw everybody off. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, personally, I think uh, there's going to eventually be a rally looking at this stuff. I think there's going to be a dead cat bounce and we're going to see something, whether it's Russia launching a nuke or... I don't know, China coming out with some news about uh, big mortgage bankruptcies or something like that, that's going to see us, you know, Bitcoin start to go up maybe to 30, 32. And then that's going to be the catalyst event that bam, you know, 50% down in like three, four days to 15,000. And then that is the low, right? But that's not too much lower than where we already had had wicked. You know, we already wicked to 17.6. What's 14, 15,000, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think Bitcoin, I can't quite read the numbers on, on your chart, but I think it's, it was what, 200, 300 was the bottom there in, in 15, 2015. And then it went like, what, it 100x'd, right? Didn't it? From 200 to 20,000? I mean, basically. Yeah. I mean, technically, the, the first bottom was around 150. So percentage wise, from that exact low, yeah, you're looking at about an 11 to 12,000 percent run and if we were to calculate the same thing from this last low we're at two thousand percent i mean it it, come on wouldn't you think that it would be like four thousand or something i don't know i'm just i would have thought closer it's it's about a i think the number was about a third Hmm. so 
Yeah, but but look, that gets us you gets you over that psychological hundred thousand. Everybody goes crazy. They're like, oh my gosh, wait, you hit a hundred? Oh, I gotta get in. Yeah. So then it pushes you another twenty percent or whatever to one twenty. You know, that really look, and there you have the logarithmic bands. It would it would pop you up to the, near the top of that logarithmic. Right. I do I do think also though that you know, on the logarithmic, to be fair, you have multiple points fit to the bottom, but you don't have multiple points fit to the top. Right, you or, or you do, sorry, but you only have four or something. Whereas on the bottom, you have I don't know twenty, thirty points of data, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that this would be very interesting to refit the model basically once we have a, a fairly well confirmed bottom here, maybe in a couple of years or something, to refit this logarithmic model and see how it performs in the future. Because um, perhaps you know, yeah, perhaps. Uh, it's another interesting thesis, this idea that um, maybe it's only when the stock market is in a really good bull run that then you would be hitting the tops, theoretically you'd be hitting the tops of these uh, logarithmic bands. Whereas if it's more of a, you know, if we have like what we ha- what happened in the 90s in the stock market, or sorry, the uh, 70s, where it kind of just ranged, didn't it, for like seven years or something in between... I mean, it was a decently sized range, but it was, I think, fairly range bound in the 70s, the stock market was. So if you had that kind of environment rather than the two post 2008 kind of, you know, just up and to the right thing, maybe mm-hmm. you'll have more muted tops and maybe more muted bottoms as well. There's just not as, because there's not as many people willing to do high risk positions, there's also not as many people to wash out. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. an interesting thought. Well, this is a good point. Interesting thing here, too. The only other time that we came up to the middle and rejected and didn't go towards the top of the bands here, we had about a 73, Mm -hmm. if you want to count the wicks, to 80% drop, right? And then what did we do from that? We went to the top. And I mean, that that brings back the double top theory of, right, last year? Or or even, I mean, we did double top, but we, we double topped at the same price. This is like, you know, what I mean is the the this this fall down is not all the way 85% or something it's we're getting prepared for another blow off to a higher price right but that would be a really personally i think that's fairly hopium right now i don't think the macro environment is really very suitable for that if if you didn't have a war if you didn't have high inflation if you had the stock market going up yeah i would say i'm on board with that i think it makes sense People are just bullish and risk on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think one thing consideration as well is like volatility is implied, you know, as a market inefficiency. And you certainly have a lot more kind of slow money players coming into crypto since the last kind of cycle. And that could be a reason for it to kind of reduce or uh, the mutinous actually is what trend, how trend put it. Um, yeah, that, 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 like a classical kind of economics thing you know the more you know the more money in it um the more conservative type of institutional players you're you're going to get less volatility because of that i like Jonas's um thoughts that we're going to see a really strong relief rally soon uh especially you know going through q4 and then at some point uh maybe in 2023 i mean you have to remember right the next happening isn't until um 2024 right what is it um let me click on this march may something like that so it's pretty far away i mean it's, it's quite far away it's more than it's a year and a half basically isn't it 
plenty of time to put in a big rally, then a giant dump off maybe to new lows, put in an actual macro bottom, grind out there for three, four months. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, we really went from 20 to 40 and then dumped off to 15, really? Oh man, Bitcoin's a scam, I'm out. Now you've flushed out all those hands and now the bottom's in. The forced selling, as P.O. was saying. Yeah, I just, you know what, like I follow a lot of... um. A lot of fintech and a lot of um, counterintuitive fintech. People who are like, oh, fintech are wrong, you know, who are crypto. And um, I just haven't seen anyone like pension fund managers, you know, like people who invest in stocks and shares who are perhaps above average aptitude. Like they're not, they're, they have no, the only people for selling so far were leveraged to the tits, my friends. Yeah, I'm, I was like, I sold shit for and this was leverage and i i don't think um just haven't seen any of that pain yet and to your point about what will, what will cause it um i'm feeling now about property um the same way i felt about energy like the summer before last it just it just sits in the, in the pit of my stomach because the way you got to understand commercial real estate as most of these companies, these real estate, real estate investment trusts, which are what pensions are incredibly heavily weighted in alongside bonds and stuff. And their portfolios are both residential and commercial real estate. And right now, commercial real estate is getting kicked in the head. Like it is down bad and outlook is bleak. And that's because of uh, tech companies, basically Amazon have actually, they're going to, not only cancel new office bills and fit outs, they're going to close call centers. They're like, all oh, this can be done remotely. Or they figure out the cost of real estate, essentially. Um, because of the shutdown, CFOs are gone, wait a second. Um, we don't need to spend like 100 million a year on this lease in a major, a major city. And that is really dragging down real estate investment trust right now. Um, like, these are the guys who are like, you know, BlackRock, Blackstone, the kind of tears down who um, tend to have those like built to rent type apartment schemes where it's like just a ridiculous amount of money. You can't buy anything. You can rent it. You know, you will be happy and own nothing. And um, they're getting really wrecked on the other side. And I just see this kind of rental bubble as a bubble. Um, all pensions are hanging off real estate. And that has personally like... You know, it was already bubblish coming to 2019, but most markets like rent and property values jumped 40%, 30% in two years. And that's what I think will be, it always seems to just be property that is the final thing that wrecks the economy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, midterms, pump, you know, and because things are at the bottom of the ranges, pump never know things might get really stupid might actually get new highs but like yeah i think all all this kind of excess from covid all the financial excess has to be washed out before we find new lows i agree with that for sure like i said it's either it's either going to be one of two things we're either going to go back up relief rally reject for a lower high and take another step back down here but the probability of breaking through this previous all-time high you know, as as far as history goes, it's never happened, right? Well, it's sorry, it it happened here in 2013 to 2015, right? But we we essentially 
only wicked into the low of the more populated area in 2013 because the you know which would be a retest same idea going into 10 to 13 so it's like i said it's very possible that it still happens but at the same time with the data that you know we haven't topped out we've never broken for reals the previous all-time high yeah i don't know if it turns into a super cycle like the guy who coined a term got wrecked really early three hours capital guy my biggest thing is getting back above 40 if we get back above 40 or 45 depending on when we hit the logarithmic growth curve it's going to go bonkers absolutely bonkers if we reject off that level it's going to go bonkers in the complete opposite direction we you know we'll be back at 20 as 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 fast as we thought we were at 40 you know like so I think that the, whatever happens up and around that level is going to be the key to the next couple of years, you know, and maybe we sit below this level until the next happening, because if we're looking at the time frame right now, it was March of 2024, that already puts us way the heck over here. And by the time we touch the bottom of the logarithmic growth curve, that's $100,000, you know, I I'd much rather see everything get back into the channel and even just ride along the channel, maybe a couple pumps in between, push ourselves through the all-time high. And by the time the next happening comes, we're on a trampoline support of bottom to take our next leg up. It's kind of why I feel like this model is going to get refit because I don't think that we're going to see 100,000 until some some mania starts to really grip it. I mean, that's just my my opinion. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And I welcome the opinions. You know, I can't, I'm not right about everything. I'm just, wow, I mean, know, I, I, I'd love for it to get back in though. I agree with you. I'd love for it to get back in. That kind of steady growth would be, be awesome. I just, yeah, I feel like Bitcoin is a really, the participants are, are much more emotional than in most uh, traditional markets. And so, I don't know. I, I would think that the next bull run starts, you know, the price would be 45, 50,000. I don't know. It's just kind of a, an intuition thing. Right. It's it's all store of value, you know, and it's so interesting that gold is looking so shit when it should look amazing. And I keep coming back to the digital gold narrative for Bitcoin, which man, the, the dude, he's worth following. I think he's coming through as uh, I told you so. People, uh, Stanley Drunkenmeyer, and um, he's a guy who's basically pointed out that in history you need to get the federal fund rate, the interest rate above CPI in order to kill inflation, but he said it. He's like, they're trapped. He was like, Bitcoin is starting to make sense to old school money as a as a hedge, like gold is. But anyway, that's not to confuse the point. Why is gold looking shit when it should look amazing? I think it has um, a lot to do. No, sorry to cut you off. With the fact huh? that they just they just essentially, I think they doubled or tripled the total supply of gold overnight when they found all that gold in Zimbabwe. That's what did this. Yeah, and that that really wasn't like reported on well. You know, I don't think we've even seen the impact that that's going to actually have in the gold futures, gold market space. You know, some space like yeah, yeah, yeah. It does take years to feed in, but like the the people who live and breathe precious metals will, you know, oh, I'm going to steer this forty-year portfolio, this family trust, this direction instead because they found an asteroid of gold in Uganda. I think a lot of it too is that the 
the people who give a shit about gold are in gold. You know what I mean? Like, like banks obviously mm. like gold. Do people like gold though? Like that, really, yeah, really? Yeah. You know what no, I mean? Li- like who's we, we like digital gold, bro? Because we're young. <laughs> I'm just saying, like the the yeah. this generation has no use for you know a piece of metal that they can't use to turn into a phone or a fucking whatever. <laughs> they don't own a home to put a safe in. <laughs> right. Yeah, and there's that too. Like, I, I think that's a you know that's potentially a large part of it. Um, it's actually what Jonas was saying on Friday. You know, this we've had this kind of coin system for since the Romans, and what's the most fundamental change we've seen from between now and that age, and that's that's digital technology. So, you know, what will this era of humanity pick as their store of value that really doesn't have much intrinsic value? You know. Um, right and that could be bitcoin the whole point of it i truly believe it you know we're just moving into a whole decade and generation of people living on the internet you know they they have no real use like even if we were to do a survey right now about everyone here in this meeting who has physical gold i would imagine maybe one to five percent so like one to two people in here would have physical gold as as a store of value but you know obviously i mean it's kind of skewed data because obviously we're all in crypto but i think that's beside the point i think that like you know no, i think so i think it's beside the point man i don't know any zillennials who would even consider they'd be like gold that like their imagery is handled by massage you know a uh, wingback chair in a very mm-hmm. smoky room with some brandy Look at my lumps of gold, Jimmy. Absolutely beautiful. I keep them in my safe. Yeah. So, you know, just some food for thought again, guys. You know, every obviously everything we say in these sessions uh, should not be taken as financial advice. I'm not telling you that next year, you know, we're going back to 60 or 100 or whatever. I'm just, you have to keep your options and mind open for the possibility of what's to come. You know, as I said, with as far as historics go, we've never truly broken below the previous all-time high. We've popped below it for a matter of less than a week, one time. And again, we've never not topped out. So uh, is everything completely different because of, you know, the financial system? But at the same time, what's really changed in the financial system? They've, they've been printing money for 40 years since they kicked the gold standard. So I don't know, just some food for thought. As always, my friends, we appreciate the heck out of you guys for taking the time to listen today. Make sure you pay attention uh, to the website and everything else in Discord. We do have a big group meeting coming up next week. We'll be talking about alpha version two. So very, very excited for that. Uh, Trend, do you maybe want to go in quick just about some of the major changes that are upcoming with that just a little you know little no spoilers <laughs> come on come on no okay i'll give i'll give one little one, one little spoiler. thing mm-hmm. we're working really hard on getting immediate withdrawals into the bot so that at any moment or or i should say that the other way around so at all moments you're always in control 
hundred percent of control of your funds. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff to come, guys. Make sure you're around next week for that meeting. And as always, guys, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.